sounds clear to me. Where's from? No, what is that from? The Willy Wonka. And when they transformed the the little kid Mike, they call him Mike TV. And like they finally shrink him. (laughs) And he's like, "Am I coming in clear?" That movie is so fantastic. I can't wait till my kids are old enough to appreciate all the weird movies I'm going to show them. Oh boy. <laughs> uh cheers. Um cheers, man. you want to say what this stuff is? Shit, let me get the bottle. It's tasty. It sure is tasty. It's an imperial stout with coconut, toasted coconut caramel and Madagascar vanilla. By tripping animals. Tripping animals. Uh, what's it called? Called oh. Gesillo for days. Oof. That is some. That's real good, isn't it? Yeah. See, this is a this is a beer I like to be consumed in small glasses. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a whole mug of that. You just need about four refills of the little cup. <laughs> so it stays cool, right? Or so you stay hydrated and be out here in a freaking cotton mouth the whole day. Oof, cotton mouth. That is the worst. The worst. Yeah, man. You can knit a sweater or something. That'd be so bad. Well, what's giving you all that cotton mouth? The crony. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I've had some bad cotton mouth. Where, like, people try to talk to me. I'm looking. I'm like. <laughs> like, I'd start miming and shit because I can't. Like, I just can't communicate, dude. You know, I'm guilty of. I don't talk to people because I'm not even listening to them. People will have full-on conversations with me, and I'll just... I won't hear a word they say. I'll just be so cotton-mouthy. <laughs> like your mouth is so dry, it's starting to affect your hearing? Yeah, I'm just, like, thinking about the cotton mouth and ignoring right. people. You're like, I, I, I can't. I can't process thought. Because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> like, all it is is probably, like, a... 15 to 20 foot walk to whatever other room that's nearest you. Go get a drink. No. Yo, that when that lazy hit? That indica. You're just going to be in the couch. <laughs> Is that why they call it that? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that it's bullshit. Like the indica sativa thing is bullshit. But that's a different podcast, actually, right. that my wife does. <laughs> Which all of you guys can listen to. Yeah. Go find them pot smoking moms but if you're listening to us it's because you like music right and we are souvenir sounds oh yeah souvenir sounds okay so here's a memory right my grandpa gave me like this weird cd it was you know like the days of aol right so it was like this little cd and it had a bunch of different artists on it was he ever on sony was he on a sony label or was he always on Interscope? He was on. T- I know he was on TVT. Yeah, he was on TVT with a uh, Pretty Hate Machine and Broken, and I believe Fixed as well. And it was all that, all the drama with them that led to such a big gap from right. Pretty Hate to Downward Spiral. Well, this CD it had like a bunch of weird stuff on it. It had like Zydeco music. I think it had like Crash Test Dummies, and mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, of just uh, ourselves, dummy <laughs> <laughs> of Dumb and Dumber fame. That's uh, but, wow. Yeah, think about that movie for a minute and go watch it. It's always on. 
Um, so yeah, in this CD, I it had um, I think it had like had like a hole on it, and that was probably the first time I heard it. And then, like I said, after that was with uh, with probably with with James. Another interesting CD I have, and I'm I'm gonna bring you one. I don't know, did I ever give you one? So you remember my friend Chuck? Yeah. So Chuck is a buddy of mine. He had a studio. I, I used to hang out with him a lot and help him in a studio, record stuff and plug stuff in. You can say shit, it's fine. <laughs> Lots of cables. I'm trying not to, you know, I'm trying not to use profanity. Um, so Chuck, back in the day, he lived in, in uh, Pennsylvania somewhere and he had, he went to like Berkeley and stuff. So at one point, he had like a little local radio show and he had a band called option 30 on oh so option 30 was a band that trent was in and they did a lot of like like 80s covers they did like their commissar and uh they did like i guess what what is that like new wave music right yeah like shit like um gary newman yeah new order so uh, joy division i'm sure some of the earlier stuff yeah so they were playing that kind of stuff and chuck interviewed them as a band and it's on their cd so the the demo that they put out has the interview with chuck on it and chuck had a freaking stack of these things and he's like hey man you like nine inch nails and i was like yeah i love nine inch nails He's like, here, check this out. I got to interview them. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, you know, and just to hear them all talking. And he had shown me like videos, a video he had of them too one night playing at some bar. Down um, here? No, like up wherever they were at. I want to say, oh, I, I know he's from Pennsylvania. I don't know if he did the little show in Pennsylvania. I don't know if he did that somewhere else. But isn't Trent from Pennsylvania too? Yeah. Yeah. So that. Hey, he's from up there. That sounds about right. So the timeline, that is where the timeline begins, right? Uh, yeah, for me, it was, I mean, growing up, I was not into rock at all. Definitely not the heavier shit. I always knew you as a as a hip-hop head. Right? So for me, like, I was aware of them in middle school, and especially around the time when Broken dropped, I was still in middle school and fixed. But it wasn't until Closer oh, that, yeah. that I was like, what the fuck? Like, I would see the logo. I'm like, okay, I recognize that's a band called Nine Inch Nails. But if that shit is not Dr. Dre, Snoop, maybe some uh, Tribe Called Quest, like, I was not about that shit. Right. I don't know. I saw the Sweet Dreams video one day, and that broke that broke my my soul. <laughs> and then it was shortly after that that I saw the video for Closer. And that's when I fell in love with the medium of music videos. It was all, like, it all hit me at once. Really? Yeah. It was that video specifically. Mark Romanic. He also did The Perfect Drug. So you were never, you never dug like anything else on MTV like before that? I was aware of all that stuff. Just like I was aware of Nirvana and Soundgarden and Metallica's and the Megadeth and some right. some super early KMFDM because of the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, even though I didn't like half the shit on there. So what, what drew you to it was like just the... It's the right amount of... Like art, the artistic... Yeah, it was just different than what I was into. At right. the moment, it's it was almost like like when you scratch a little bit in the surface and you look in, you're like, oh, man, that's some scary shit in there. Mm. Like, that's what it was to me. I was like, oh, it's not just all the other stuff that I've heard. There's all this um, other music that sounds like it's made by machines. It sure did sound like and that. 
I mean, to the point where that's on the becoming. It, it's almost him becoming a machine. Listen, the the evolution of his music from Pretty Hate Machine to Downward Spiral was because you hear all the layers on Downward Spiral and you're just like, oh, Pretty Hate Machine was made with a fucking Casio keyboard. And played <laughs> you know? by him, entirely by a track. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and that's how, there was a, a stark difference from the demos for Pretty Hate and then what finally made it on the album. Oh, I'm sure. I've never heard any of that You've never stuff. heard it? No. It's really good. Um, Ring Finger was called Twist. It had a different name. Uh, Get Down, Make Love was part of the original sequencing of, of the album. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's, that's a, when, they, when they remastered. That's a Queen cover, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite covers they have. Do they have more covers? Oh, yeah. What else do they cover? Metal. Um, oh, things true. Fall, things Falling Apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good cover, too. I like that one. Um, I didn't really know that song. Uh the song, the David Bowie fashion that I was playing when you came in. Oh, okay. I know it's a recent cover, but right, right. It's technically Nine Inch Nails because it's Trent and Atticus Ross, the only two official members. True, true. And he did the Yoko Ono had his wife on it. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, but she's such a badass that whatever. Well, they were in How to Destroy Angels together, right? Yeah, around the time that his hesitation marks dropped. That's why those two albums, I love those two projects. Like, I hear one, and I have to hear the other one, maybe not right after, but, like, in that same day. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I hear the fragile, I hear left, and maybe an hour or two later, I'm going to want to hear right. Because, <laughs> I mean, most of my favorite songs come, like, period from them, come off of left. Yeah. I uh, I got that for, like, Father's Day or something I got the the reissue the anniversary reissue such a sweet looking box the liner has like a great essay by um bob ezrin who did the arrangement of all the songs and he talks about how when they were recording that album they were in like an old funeral parlor and they just gave him like a bunch of hard drives and they were like here here's what we've got so far (laughs) He was like, all right, go put it in order. And Bob Ezrin was the guy who did, like, The Wall. Yeah, he's old school. He's... Yeah, he did a bunch of, like, classic albums. But this vinyl version of The Fragile, man, it had extra tracks, like 10 Miles Hides on it. Yeah. The New Flesh, um, Appendage. I mean, my favorite track off of there is Even Deeper. And oh. if And if you look at the... Hey, you got yeah, yeah. Is that in your show notes? Yeah, my top, like I made a list of my top five uh, songs. Top five songs. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. So, well, look, well, there you go. The, even deeper, definitely my favorite track off of the Fragile. Want to do this in order, or do you want to do this just <laughs> like spitball your five? Um, I mean, I guess we could do it in order. All right, let's go. Pretty Hate Machine. I mean, it's probably Ring Finger. Oh no, I'm talking about just, just all, 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 all top five. Oh. It's not an open book test, but uh, no, see, that's like, you know, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. The last one, I, I got to listen to all the Rage playlist before, <laughs> before we recorded. I haven't heard the no, it's all good. the Nin playlist, but uh, top five. I mean, it, well, that song's there, and the reason I like that song too is because when I read in the liner notes that Dr. Dre helped on that track. Hell yeah. And then later on, I don't know if did you see um what's the the HBO doc that they did? 
the, the defiant ones the defiant ones where there's like pictures of them because you know they they were both signed to interscope uh and there's just pictures of them in the studio together and i was like wow like how like to be a fly on the wall during those sessions and just like listen to dr dre and trent reznor talk about music would have just been like mind-blowing right the soundscapes that those two guys have created in their respective careers is crazy yeah yeah just i mean dr dre specifically dre's last album uh compton although it's no chronic or chronic 2001 i i like that album better than chronic 2001 i think that album just because he got like a new he got like a fresh group well not not completely fresh but that justice and mez and anderson pack was all over that before he really kind of like like he was already popular right dude that i think that album and um and kendrick is on there too kendrick lamar yeah that's an amazing three tracks or something like that and i didn't hear anybody talking about that not a single song on the radio and i was just like how how are none of these tracks on the radio but anyway yeah even deeper there was a really dope remix of it too it's just for some reason that that song just that thump it doesn't sound like jerry but you hear it you're like you are not surprised that that he's on it yeah yeah like it doesn't sound like somebody can rap over it, but that beat drops and you're like what's this yeah it was like you know if if you weren't listening you wouldn't expect that from him you'd expect that from some sort of you know some like break beats band <laughs> like a, <laughs> like an apex twin or orbital or something you know like you wouldn't expect to hear him drop that kind of beat on one of his songs and it's so like haunting too it's such like a like a somber song so good just wow what a what an album i enjoy listening to that with headphones and then now. sandwiched in between just like you imagined and no you don't those three tracks jeez man it's hard not to listen to that album all the way through. You know, you, right. you kind of want to. There's like certain songs that belong together, like Heartbreaker and Living, Love and Made by Led Zeppelin. Like, you have to hear those songs back to back. Useful Idiot and 46 and 2. Oh, my God. Two, like, I need to hear that record just like, just kind of skipping. <laughs> I love Tool, but... Good lord! I mean, you kind of need those though, because when you're writing thirty minute tracks, you're gonna need yeah, some well, silly shit to half, break the tension. Half of their album is all that silly shit, the Jacob's Ladder, and you know they they release an album with like six actual tracks on it. They basically release an EP with a seven. bunch of filler. Oh, seven, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like the disc version of that has none of the skits. Of what? On Fear Inoculum. Really. Yeah, the like the album is not meant to be listened to on, on CD because it's not the they couldn't fit the whole project on. Really, yeah. interesting. Yeah, chocolate chip drip, for sure is on it. Now, if that's not proof that Danny Carey is not an octopus <laughs> from a different planet playing drums <laughs> in a band from LA, didn't they collaborate with Trent on something? Or they were supposed to? Were they part of? Some of them were part of Tapeworm. Yeah, it was Maynard and. And at that time, he was already, he was like the beginning stages of a perfect circle, right? So that's when Danny Loner kind of like jumped ship. But it mm. was it was Trent, Danny Loner, Maynard, and I forgot who else, but it was a fourth dude. And the only evidence of of their music out there is um, 
passive, which a perfect circle ended right. up, uh, used to be called vacant when they were doing it live back in the day. Which was a much better version than the recorded version, I think. Uh, yeah, no. I like I like I like how tight one. it sounds on passive, but I like the overall instrumentation on and just how it sounds on vacant. It was just yeah. it sounds live, so you can tell it's not yeah. you know studio glistening. And the at well, and they all toured together for Murder Noms and the Fragile, which all came out at the same time, right? They That's all correct. came out in ninety nine, ninety eight. That concert was May seventeenth, two thousand, and at we, least the one at the Miami Arena. That day, maybe like an hour before we dipped out, it was the first time I ever and the only time I ever smoked heroin. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, right? But whatever, it wasn't, it's not like I said, I'm like, oh my God, my precious. But whatever, we did, like we saw fucking Perfect Circle and Nine Inch Nails. Whatever. All I remember is thinking that a Perfect Circle was really tool. When the songs came out on the radio, we were just like, nah, this is a lie. This is Tool playing a joke on us and being another band. <laughs> I mean, Sean was hell-bent on proving that that was Tool. Yeah. I'm like, no way in hell that that's Tool. Like, listen to the drums. There's no way. Like, I mean, at that point of fandom that we had with right. with Maynard, I would get maybe out, you know, out the gate. You're not, you know, kind of like a casual person. You might not know the difference, but we were fans. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that was a great show, but I mean, and it it was great to see a perfect circle. And I saw them a few more times after that, but that was my first nine inch nail show. Mine as well. And, and it was Trent's birthday that day. Was it? Yeah. He's Taurus, May 17th. Oh, Well, it was great. Is that one? Yeah, was did Lenny Kravitz, was that the one where Lenny Kravitz walked through the crowd? Most likely, because I remember hearing stories about him walking around smelling like a hundred armpits. <laughs> he I would mean, do, smell do bad. you, Lenny. And it doesn't matter because he's Lenny Kravitz and he's, you know, basically a rock god, you know, at he that kind point. Of is. He's, he's a sick ass musician. He's very underrated. The people don't give him enough love. Lenny Kravitz is great. Yeah, that that show with Trent, man, uh, you know, watching him and they were still a little wild then. Then the antics stopped. <laughs> Once he's like, I can't destroy all this gear every night. <laughs> yeah, by the time they were doing their fragility tour, that was all out of pocket Oof. for him. All that equipment was his. So he can't really afford to be doing a uh, Woodstock performance every night. Yeah, for sure. You got a long that tour. That sounded hilarious when all that mud started getting in the gears and started drying out and short circuiting all that shit. Have you heard the performance? I like, I recently? know I've seen it. No, I've never like nitpicked it. <laughs> it sounds with... like garbage. Does but it? You see the you see the images and like that has got to be the best Nine Inch Nails concert ever. No, wrong. And no. <laughs> Because there's probably shit in that mud. They all probably. And I believe that was the first performance that Red Hot Chili Peppers had with Dave Navarro. Is when they came out with the light bulbs. Oh, you know, that was his first performance with that band. Really? Yeah. Wow. Woodstock. What a shame we could not be like decent human beings and not 
you know, set shit on fire and rape each other like a bunch of Neanderthals at a at a concert about peace and love. Because when was that last one? When was the last? 99. 99? They might have done another one after. They did two. They they did. It was 94 and 99. Okay. The 99 is when Limp Bizkit was on. Right. They were causing, like, uh, I mean, they they were not helping the cause. Limp Bizkit. (laughs) I will not hear an unkind word of the musicianship of that band. The quality of work they put out, eh. And Fred Durst specific, I I could do without him. Give me right. the band without Fred on it, and I'll listen to them all day. I, right, you know, Limp Biscuit and Creed are so lucky. The internet and cancel culture weren't around back then. They canceled themselves, fuck. <laughs> yeah, they. Well, yeah, they eventually did. You know, they eventually, you know, went by the wayside when new newer metal came around. God, Creed was terrible. I didn't mind some of their stuff. Scott's, like the first two albums were straight. They had one good song. Was bullets? That was it. Uh, well, that's for damn sure. That was it. That I will not deny. That is their only good song. Don't come with me no with no arms wide open bullshit. Okay, it's not a good song. I'm about to get a two piece and a biscuit, Scott Stapp. <laughs> so Is when he? so after the fragile, I mean, we skipped over. We completely skipped over broken. We're just like whatever, broken EP. And the remix is fixed. Has some fire remixes on it. He's got a lot of remixes. There's a lot of there's a few remix albums, right? Yeah, there's um Is there one for like every release after Up until the Fragile. Everything else has been its own stationary album. Made singles that have some remixes on it. Well no remix album until year zero. Zero, right. With the okay. remix. Which that was a really good remix. I love too. that because it was the whole album. It wasn't like five remixes of right closer, like further down the spiral had. And then depending which one, if you got the French version that had some extra tracks that the American release didn't have, then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And that's where I got a bunch of those instrumentals when I did that Pinocchio tape <laughs> that I mentioned last episode. <laughs> right. It was all those remixes. There was right. so many like. Well, didn't like it come with drum. like a data disc? With, like, all the stems and stuff? They did that for... It was one of their albums after Year Zero. I believe... Was, was it Ghost? Was, maybe it was Ghost. I think the first Ghost. Uh, or the first four Ghosts. Right. I personally like the second... The five and six better, but... That was an interesting collection of music. <laughs> it was all, like... Just leftovers. But that, you know... No, that was... Re- I don't think it was all leftovers. I think some of it was leftovers. Some of it, some of like, it does sound like left, like full on leftovers. Like maybe he had like part of that, part of whatever it became was leftovers from those sessions. You know, right. it just never, never became part of the album. Like you look at like Prince, holy crap, he had like albums that he never released. He just recorded albums worth of music and just never put it out. Yeah, man, th- those Ghost tracks. Uh, I believe it's Ghost Twenty Eight. That track is the one Little Nas X used right. for Old Town Road. I mean, shit, it got trending on Grammy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? he's accredited a sample on it, so he's going to get his due. Oh, yeah. I and mean, not like he needs another Grammy. Yeah, for real. He's got, what, a Grammy, 
a Golden Globe, an Oscar. He just needs a Tony, right, to get his EGOT. Right. I mean, he got uh, for Social Network. It was a Grammy and right. and the Oscar, and I believe the American Music Award that same year. But that's you know, we just it's for the pores. He no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> He uh he needs a Tony. They need to do like downward spiral a musical, and then he can get his Tony award. <laughs> hey, right. if you two did like a garbage ass Spider Man, I'm sure Trent could do something. That was you two that did that. Yes. Are you serious? I'm I'm pretty sure. Use your uh your search box. Spider Man. Spider Man musical. Come on. That doesn't even sound like a good time. <sighs> it was just. Just like running things into the ground. God, especially comic books. Turn off the dark. Is that what it was called? Yeah, is it? Oh, music, Bono and the Edge. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. That was right. But speaking of U2, have you heard the the U2 cover Nine Inch Nails did? Ooh, of what? Oh, I'm going to pull this up because uh, previous activities don't let me remember. <laughs> what? The actual song was you. I mean, you two is good. I like you too. Zoo station. Zoo station. Okay. Six minute and twenty eight. I mean, that's cover. definitely a song. It's dope for them that they would, you know. Right. Sounds like that's very droney, very yeah. droney, but it's perfect cover. I mean, among some other, I mean, one of the covers they did was that uh, Gary Newman on Things Falling Apart. Another great album. Yeah, the, the remixes. Yeah. The complications of the flesh. That shit is nowhere on any of the, the streaming services. Really? Yeah. You get uh you get the new flesh. Listen, streaming services, they got a lot of catching up to do, especially YouTube music. Let me talk a little shit about YouTube music. Go ahead, play. Because they don't have any Let them have it. They have one Jimi Hendrix album and it's Band of Gypsies and that's it. Yes. Which, you know, I need to hear some Jimmy every once in a while. And you took away my Google Play music. Why? It was a it was a perfect app and you ruined it. All you had to do was change the colors and change the name up top and keep the same layout. And everybody would have been happy. But no, now you gotta block comments in your community pages. <laughs> <laughs> Cause everybody's pissed off that they can't sort their fucking playlist. <laughs> you like that shit's like wet spaghetti. Like, ah, right, hey, good luck, buddy. It's so bad. Oh, but ad-free YouTube is the best. I renege. It's not complications of the flesh that's not on there. It's the new flesh. Is not. Yes. Cause it's there was three singles, three uh import singles for wearing this together. New flesh was on one of them. Complications of the flesh was on another one. How many halos are there? Uh, damn, I wasn't ready. <laughs> ah, uh, gotcha. Like Thirty-three. So, if you don't know, every release of theirs has is is a halo. Halo one is Halo one. Pretty hate machine. Oh wow. Um, no, mm-hmm. it's not. Is it? Is it pretty hate? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, that's Halo two. Halo one is. The single for or head like a uh, down in it. Oh, that's a good one too. With the down in it skin shred and singe remixes. So so thirty. How many? Thirty three. Thirty one. 
going off the top of my head, I haven't clicked on the on Bad Witch. That one. That's Halo Thirty Two. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good range. That one was not my favorite of the three EPs. That's actually my favorite one. Really? Dude, well, that that David Bowie sounding ass God break down the door. That was like the only good song on there. That sounds like something out of um, Earthling. Which one was the one that had like that retro video game thing? I uh, believe the it video. was uh, Add Violence. Retro video thing. Yeah, the video was like a video game, like a space video game or something. No? You got me on that one, buddy. Oh, man. We have to find that. Yeah, uh, those EPs were such a weird such a weird release. And I bought the physical component to not the actual events. Oh, okay. Because they didn't release a, a physical like CD copy. I mean, they eventually released it on vinyl. But that thing came with, like, basically, like, the image of the cover. Mm-hmm. Like, covering some black soot or something. Like, it was a black powder. I'm like, what the is this shit and it was a clever way and like at first i was like i see what they were doing but like bitch you got this black dust on my hand what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's just like packaging. It, it was weird but it forced you to grab the item and pay attention to it like the way you would normally do when you're listening to to music like you know you yeah flip through the lyrics right right you find out that dr dre was on the track with him you know that kind of shit yeah, you know like that's how you find the other bands, and and we're like I feel like we're missing that so much because you know not us because we're buying that shit. Well, we're buying we the are, vinyls, and especially yeah, you got that. But I'm not buying all of them. You know what I mean? Like I'm still like I consume most of my new music through YouTube Music, so I'm not out there like buying like I normally would. Like I didn't even buy. I'm a huge 311 fan, and I didn't buy the last album, even though it was really good. Just for whatever reason, I I didn't buy it, and I had like the previous like four albums on vinyl. I was like, fuck, it, I'm just gonna yeah, buy them. Dedicated yourself to getting the vinyls from one point forward. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna get this one. Well, I have a few other ones. Uh, I have Transistor, and I'm gonna get them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Nine Inch Nails always had he's always got really cool packaging and really cool like what was um was it was it year zero that had like the heat sensitive ink? Yes. Hell yeah. That was so cool. I thought that was such a neat thing that they did for the C D. You know, you touch the C D and you it would start to like change colors. You know who else had a lot of really cool packaging? It was Pearl Jam. And that started with Vitalogy. Damn, that back? Yes. The Vitalogy release was was not like your standard like jewel case. It was like a it was like a cardboard with like the lyrics were like attached inside. And then when they released um what is it the one with Hail Hail, uh whatever album that was, it came with like Polaroids that had the lyrics on them. They were like little printed cards that looked like Polaroid photos. Oh, that's awesome! With the lyrics and stuff on them. Yeah, Pearl Jam had some cool stuff. And and I and I kind of miss that. Like I've bought some albums recently, and I can't say that the anything that that was included in the album was like super duper great. You know, uh, maybe of Montreal, <laughs> <laughs> of Montreal. I mean, and but that it was even a while ago. I bought um, what oh, was it? That was no code, by the way. No code. There we go. That's that's that was. I think that was the first album i saw them on tour for was no code and that was at the baseball stadium in fort lauderdale 
when they were boycotting Ticketmaster. So you had to call oh, some 1 800 number to get a ticket. And I, I actually got through. That was a great show. But yeah, man, the packaging, the packaging for the fragile was great. Oh, the CD. Dude, even uh, downwards or as far back as broken. Yeah. They were using the. And it wasn't just a traditional digit pack. It was one that opened up into like a cross or an X, whatever. Right. Whatever the orientation of the package you got. I don't think fix was like that. I believe it was just more of a traditional uh, digit pack. Downward Spiral had the thin, uh, the the European case. Like when you would get a CD single. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the cases, you got the, the thin. Really? Yeah, dude. Downward Spiral was like Hell that? Yeah. Oh, and then when when they when they re-released it as a dual disc, oh, that's what it was. Okay, then I it's see, uh, I see it. And then I got you got two the, copies of that no, shit. No, and what's bro, the other I one? I got three. Oh my bad. The original <laughs> because they all have a different Halo number, the same really? number, the same same number, different letter. So the original, I believe, it's Halo Eight, and then you got Halo Eight Deluxe Edition DE. Uh huh. Halo Eight uh, DD for dual disc. Wow. There's uh. Downward Spiral, Halo 8, V for vinyl. I mean, there's something to be said about being that meticulous about your music and your releases. And it showed like foresight by when he started releasing and he called it. Do what? Do you know why he calls them that? I've. You would think as, as you know, big a fan of we are of that band mm-hmm. that we would know, particularly me, because I like to finding out random info. And that's one thing I've never bothered to to look up. I just accepted it. I I treat it more as a as a way to track, right? Releases of which I'm maybe missing two on CD. Huh. I mean, I don't have every Halo ever dropped ever, but I got a significant amount. Well, there's only like thirty two of them. Uh, <laughs> oh well, plus <laughs> numerically speaking, yes, the DDs and the right. Vs and, and the, the BDs. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. You might. No, no, but yeah, messing with Trent back in the day, you probably would have caught that shit. Probably got it when he was doing uh gosh. Hanging out with Manson. Yeah. What's that? What was the first album? Portrait? Portrait of an American family. Oh yeah. Oh wow. That was a great album. But you could tell there was Trent all over that. You could tell like his you his could you could hear his influence there. And not even as much. It was on until he did Antichrist Superstar. Because at that yeah. point, it was him playing the instruments, and it was between him and Chris Brenna, Danny Loner. I got Sean Beaven that mixed the album. He would mix a bunch of stuff, and Dave Ogilvy that did shit for Ministry and Skinny Puppy. I think maybe even Throbbing Gristle, like a bunch of those old industrial bands. Throbbing Gristle. I always like that name. Right? Uh, right? Just like Meat Beat Manifesto? Meat Beat Manifesto. Yeah, all the, uh, you know, and I never really got into, I, I never got heavy into any of the other, like the less mainstream stuff, because let's face it, Trent was like, like lipstick goth. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was bubblegum goth, you know, he, you know, he was, he was the face of it for everybody else. He wasn't, you know. He was a tortured soul that didn't mind being looked at or being admired. You know, it, it. You know, the 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 cards fell in. You know, fell the right way for him, uh, for sure. 
because what prevented, you know, a KMFDM or any of those guys, you know? I mean, one would argue KMFDM had a bigger, for me speaking, I first was more aware of KMFDM's music and not really from where they're from or any other behind the scenes shit than I was of Nine Inch Nails through the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Oh, okay. Because, dude, that and Fear Factory. That was the first time I ever heard Fear Factory. <laughs> yeah, first time Fear I ever Factory. heard that band, uh, Geezer. It was Geezer Butler from Black Sabbath, the bass player, had a side project where it was him and the singer from Fear Factory. Oh, really? So you're getting on I that soundtrack two singers. Oh, this dope ass song. What soundtrack is this? Mortal Kombat. The Mortal first Kombat. movie. Okay. The one with uh, <laughs> Highlander as Raiden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, the only song anybody knows from that movie is the fucking Techno Mortal Kombat song. Oh, yeah. The Immortals. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. That, well, that's what the group is called. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all anybody's ever going to remember from that soundtrack. And I'm over here, some of my favorite metal bands ever, like I first found out about on that. Even the score, the dude that composed that music, uh, George S. Clinton, dude, the score for that shit was so good. Uh, you know, sound, sound movie soundtracks were just a great way to find out about bands, you know, and obviously Trent is... Trent has made quite a, a living off the soundtrack game. Um, and not only were they on soundtracks, was he on a soundtrack as Nine Inch Nails? Because they were well, on the Crow soundtrack, right? Right. Um, Natural Born Killers that he... The Crow soundtrack song was a cover too, right? Right. Yeah, Dead Souls. Um, Joy Division. What did you say what was the one after that? Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. And random, like, factoid. For the longest time, I could have sworn Richard Patrick from Filter mm-hmm. was the only musician to appear in every Crow soundtrack. And then I read the notes. I'm like, no, Trent actually performed Dead Souls by himself. Because really? he was in Nine Inch Nails. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, ne- yeah. he never really, pl- he didn't play on the studio. He was just a live, a right. touring musician. He might have played um, on Broken and Fixed. Because that was around the time he was really in, like, hard in that band. Listen, Short Bus was on a... That album was sick. But, like, I don't I don't know what... Dude, Jurassical, dude. Uh, uh, on the Crow too. You want to take my pictures? <laughs> song sucked. No, Sorry. dude, I don't want to take your picture. <laughs> Every so often that song does not bother me, but I don't think it's a great song. Who the hell plays that song? Listen, you know, for... I want to know how many soundtracks Hey Man, Nice Shot was on because it seemed like that was in every movie trailer ever from like the year it was released to like 2000 something. Cause so like maybe two years ago. Yeah. I, I swear every like few years. Hey Man, Nice Shot was like everywhere, everywhere. It's a great song. But dude, Metallica has more songs than Enter Sandman. Move it on. Yeah, listen, don't even get me started with that shit. Radiohead, Bush, fucking even the Beastie Boys. Like, nobody ever digs. The Beastie Boys probably get more airplane. Yeah, (laughs) It's more than just sweet dreams of beautiful people. Come on, guys. (laughs) 
Oh, it sure is. Well, man, Trent has been part of some great soundtracks. Yeah. Produced by him particularly. Like, not even just him performing on it, but the two he put together. Which what Natural Born Killers, he did. Okay, as kind of as kind of like the the music supervisor. Uh yeah, and like all the the he's the one that sequenced all the the audio samples from the movie in between some of the tracks, leading mm-hmm. into like uh, something I could never have. Okay, and then burn. Who was the one who did um, Lost Highway? Trent. Was that Trent? Too? Yeah. Was what did Billy Corgan do? Didn't he do one? Didn't he do Billy that? Corgan was on was on Lost Highway. Yeah. Oh, okay. He had that song I, which speaking of Nine Inch Nails, there's a a Trent remix of that song. Oh really? Yeah, dude, it's really dope. It sounds. Like you hear, you like, oh, there's an extra crunch to it. You know, that was the first time like they sounded super electronic-y around, around right, the time right. Darcy dipped out. Right, when they released that Machina album. No, Ava Adore. Oh, was that the name of the album? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, right. That or was Adore, before. Adore was the song. Adore the was yeah. the album. That was another uh, very underrated band. You know, I went into, um, I was at a record store the other day. I already have like a list of just classic albums that I want on vinyl because, you know, I want at least one album from like every band that I really, really love. And um, so I so I went in there and I had my list. Right. So I started naming stuff on, on the list. I was like, oh, do you have any God lives underwater? And he's like, no, he kind of like <laughs> scoffed at me. And I was like, OK, well, you're the fifth guy today. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. doubt it. Was uh-huh. Probably the fifth guy ever. <laughs> whoever right. asked for God lives underwater. <laughs> Um, you know, Chemical Brothers, he didn't have any. I asked for like a particular Beastie Boys album. He didn't have it. And I was like, oh, do you have Siamese Dream? And he was like, man, he's like, you can't even find that anywhere. He's like, you're going to pay like a ridiculous amount of money for that record because he was explaining to me like the record, the label sets the price because of how often they they print them. So I guess if they do like a super limited run, they can charge like a hundred dollars a record. And I was just like, really? Why? Like, why? Just like I, I found a copy of um, was it Ultra? I think it was Ultra by Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode was like forty bucks. I was like, come on, guys! No. It's not even like a special edition. It's just like straight forty dollar Depeche Mode record. I was like, no, no thanks. Just so you can hear Barrel of a Gun. <laughs> or it's no good on vinyl. It's no, <laughs> a good album, Sister oh, of yeah. Night. I think is Home on that one. Is Home on no, that? No, Home is is Violator. On, oh, Sounds of the Universe. No, Home is not. Home is on Ultra or or Violator. Home is not on Sounds of the Universe. I guarantee you that because that's like one of my favorite songs. It's got to be on one of those one of those two albums. Playing the Angel. No, it's not on. No, that are name. you sure? I'm I'm one hundred percent. 100% sure. Because I thank you for bringing me here. Martin Gore. There's another music oh, you're genius. Right. It is Violator. Wow. Hey. Yeah. And it was on one of those. Because I every. I one it was a it was a newer song. I love all their late later stuff. Everything Hell after yeah. Exciter is like. With the exception of Exciter. Solid. Yeah. Exciter was like a weird moment for them musically but everything after that was just so good delta machine and uh sounds of the universe was oh that was a great playing, album playing the angel and sounds of the universe those two albums yeah look exciter had some fire tracks though like comatose 
was really good. Yeah, comatose uh, and uh, the dead of night. I feel loved, which was like their dance song, right? Their traditional Depeche Mode song. Yeah, everybody was ripping off that um that days go by song. <laughs> it was a dirty Vegas or something. You know who that was? Was that dirty? Yeah. Days go by and still as the Mitsubishi commercial. I think that was it. Who cares? See, that's a uh, a band I would like Trent to get involved with somehow, or somehow remix each other's shit. Do like two songs, three songs, particularly with uh, with Martin Gore. He's the main uh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Um, that Dave Gahan didn't write a song until their last album, the last their last release. Are you serious? Yeah. What? That Dave Gahan wow. had never penned a song for Depeche Mode until that last album. Not Delta, not Delta Machine. The one. I no, did. the Spirit. I think it's called. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. Yep. I saw it, and I finally saw them for that tour. They were down here. I saw I saw them for that spirit tour, which was a what a what a great show. Even though that guy's yeah, retirement age. Right, he right. can move into Century Village like today. <laughs> they were They'll accept them no uh, no questions asked. <laughs> With his shirt off, dancing around, just like so much energy in that show. So good. Yeah, but, just like when we, when we saw uh Nine Inch Nails with Gary Newman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, Gary Newman was moving around. That was a surprisingly good set. I, I I had low expectations for Gary Newman. I was just like, oh, he's gonna play cars and metal. And then he played half that album. That what's came the out. one? Emmy M E, which is uh Where's Your Head At? But Basement Jack samples it for Where's Your Head At? Oh nice. That's a that's a that's a Gary Newman song. Well no, I may reach into my crate right quick. It's on. It's on that album, right? Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. Right after films. I don't like the films. <laughs> <laughs> Do metals on here? That's a great album. The pleasure, pleasure principle. Dude, sonically, I love this album. It laid such a good groundwork for the shit Trent was doing early on. Mm-hmm. Like not so much after he stopped using some of those sounds. Dude, I like I would love to hear Martin Gore and and Trent partner up. That would be like a super group on its yeah. own. And not the so two of them. And have Gary Newman singing. I love that. What? I know I know Nerdgasm. Yeah. Well, you know, look, Trent's busy with soundtracks. He's doing Disney movies now. Oh yeah, that's right. He's he's tapping into that Disney pool. You're getting that Disney money, baby. What? He Dude. sure is. Dude, I hope he keeps pumping out these soundtracks. I mean the the have you seen Soul? Bro, incredible movie. Yeah. I mean I I you know if you didn't I'd understand cuz I have children so they <laughs> we just put cartoons on for them First even though it's not really it. age appropriate but he scored it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. No, it it was great. It was so good. I I I love the movie and I love the stuff that he did and he worked with um and obviously on the other side of that was like the jazz influence that kind of like pushed the whole story which was uh, John Baptiste, but just how it all like came together. Oh man. Wow. I would totally. And then, Oh, and I can't believe you're showing me the soul score because 
Disney, those rotten bastards, they sent me an email that was like, hey, you want to buy some Disney vinyl? And I was like, oh, shit. No, don't tell me there's Disney vinyls to be bought. Because they had that and they had, you know, a bunch of other movie soundtracks. And uh, I was just like, man, if this, these are records I can let my kids scratch up. <laughs> Let me buy a couple. But they were still expensive, man. I'm just going to buy a couple of the greatest hits ones. Ooh, what's that one? to Destroy Angels. Oh, is that what that album looks like? Yeah. Again, I something I listen to only on the interwebs. How to Destroy Angels. I did do a remix for... Oh, I forgot you did that. Um, Yeah. I forget what song that was. But I did the remix. And I put it on SoundCloud. And then, like, years later, Sony hit me with a... A CND. Yeah. I was like, bitch, Trent gave me those stems. Trent said I could use them. They're mine. Uh, I, had, I gave it, like, a freestyle vibe, you know? Because that's, that's where we grew up, in freestyle. I mean, growing up down here, like, it's either booty music yeah, or freestyle. Man. Or... Well, or Spanish music. That was your options back in the day. Yeah, because rock, I mean, rock was not big. We had rock stations, which we, I, I guess we have more of a rock station now because for a while there wasn't a rock station. Um, I mean, yeah, especially when when Zeta called it quits. Yeah, when Zeta, just, and what a shame. What a shame that nobody filled that void quicker because think about I, I can't imagine they weren't making like a ton of money on those festivals that they threw the Zeta had, Fest yeah, and the, the Weenie Rose. Some kind of- yeah, but still, man, you were charged. I mean, now you could charge a couple hundred bucks for some something like that for one of those for a Zeta Fest. Hell yeah. Dude, with the quality of bands that were performing on some of those. Dude, I saw... I mean, at the time they were good. <laughs> it was like at the time stabbing westward and faith no more oh and my God. um, faith no more was probably the dirtiest pit I've ever been in in my life. Damn, like that, like that. Yes, as soon as faith no more hit the stage, people went buck wild. Well, I've seen Mike Patton twice. I I, I oh really oh open for tool. tomahawk. And Fantomas. They're putting a new album out too, right? Tomahawk? Tomahawk. I believe they dropped one recently. They just dropped one recently. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's too much for me, but it's dope. I, I actually saw an old SNL the other night from 1990, and it was Faith No More playing Epic. And I was like, wow, this is old. <laughs> See, and that was another band I was aware of, right. but was not, not really into but everybody knew Epic just because it was a popular song. I mean, but yeah, Mike Patton and all his crazy stuff. Oh, fucking Lovage. Have you ever heard Lovage? No. <gasps> For real? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know something about you don't something know what to do. musical. <laughs> doesn't know about. This is a special moment, people. <laughs> I'm going to send you, you that You're album. seeing me very exposed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm gonna hook you up with that because that is a great. It's uh, it's Dan the Automator and Mike Patton and um, not peeping Tom, a French singer. 
lady. I forget her name. No, it's called Lovage. Is the band. Right. Or the collective. Or the album. Whatever. It's called Lovage. Because I believe Peeping Tom is with Dandy Automator. Is it like just guest upon guest? No. On the album? It's, it's mostly. It's just them three. Patton and Dandy Automator on, on the beat. Yeah, he's such a spastic dude on live. Like, it's a lot of shrieking and... There we. This is what it looks oh, like. I have, seen, I have seen that image. Nathaniel Merriweather presents Lovage, music to make love to your old lady by. Oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to play this album? Boys? Isn't that Nathaniel... No, that? Nathaniel Hornblower... Oh, my bad. ...was MCA's <laughs> director alter ego... Uh, you're gonna play this like three times in a row. I guarantee you, it's that good. Lovage. There's a song. There's some songs on there that are just fantastic. Stroker Ace and uh, Strangers on a Train. Oh, Strangers on a Train. Great, great track. If I can figure out that little Spotify thing on Anchor, <laughs> we're gonna play Strangers on a Train right now. So I don't know if I figured that out or not, <laughs> but I guess we'll all find out. Later. <laughs> and if not, I'm just gonna leave this in because you know it's real life. Oh damn! Well, at least uh, Apple Music only has. Do they have the album? Uh, just the instrumental. Oh boo! What about Spotify? About to find out. Oh my god! Yo, my fat fingers keep pressing I instead of O. Listen, I made my keyboard bigger, and I still do that stuff. Like, I just, I can't seem to, like, really nail it down. There we go. Because the instrumental doesn't have that dude on the cover. Oh, yes, bro. Do yourself a favor and listen to that. Wow, look at Mike Patton in that image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. child of the 90s. Yeah, you should have seen him on the the SNL from, from 1990, dude, was like... The the bright, loud, striped pants and, like, the funky shirt and, like, climbing all over the set and stuff. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. But, you know, I saw Trent a few more times. I never saw, he, obviously, Nine Inch Nails, not going to play no damn Zeta Fest. Um, but they will play Global Gathering. But they will play Global Gathering, yes. And we went to that, which was another awesome festival that doesn't happen in Miami anymore because Miami sucks and they only want to do, what's that? Ultra? Oh, God. I went to Ultra once and it was only because the Chemical Brothers were there. See, not even them. I, I do enjoy Chemical Brothers. And I was like, oh, the Prodigy's never going to play when I want to go. And I don't like being around that environment too much. Come on, buddy. <laughs> like, I always wanted to see Prodigy there. Like, yeah. to me, in, in the back of my dumbass head, that's where I thought I needed to to see Prodigy. And then Keith Flint passed. Yep. And I'm like, oh, give up hope. See, well, that, that, that was my one, my Moby Dick that got away. Right. It's seeing Prodigy and seeing David Bowie. Yeah. I never saw Bowie. I'm like, yeah. damn. I never, I never saw, saw STP. I never saw STP. I know they played a Zeta Fest that I didn't go to. That was really dope. That was that was like the only one I didn't go to. I went to like the two or three before and like the two or three after. That one that was in Bayfront 
with STP and the Deftones and, and Baruch Assault yeah. and Nonpoint. Yeah, please stop. Like, I didn't see any of that. I didn't. And that to me, that was the most upsetting because I felt like STP, you know, for all the grunge bands and they they kind of were, but they weren't a grunge band. I, I don't I don't think I didn't. I never felt like they were like a real grunge band. Does it they, really matter, though? It doesn't. But they kind of got lumped in there, you know. But as a band, their albums, holy shit, man. Every one of those albums is just amazing. Even the last one. The last one that they did had a little bit of like a... Not the one with Chester, right? No, not the, 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 the last one, one with Scott Weiland. Oh, okay. Because okay. that new dude is really good. The new dude is good. And I'll, and even the EP with Chester Bennington wasn't, was, was pretty good, too. Um... But I never got to see them, man. And every one of them, I felt like those guys were going to be like my Zeppelin. And they were because one of the guys died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the guys died like, what, six albums in? Uh, Four, six five, STP albums? Six STP albums, yes. Or 12 Bar Blues and... No, no, no. That, okay. No, I don't count that. Dude, I love that album. Really? I love it. Not a big fan. But the audio mixing of that thing is trash. Yeah. That shit was no low ends at all. It was all super high end. It was like, dude, who mixed this? And then he decides to join forces with the remaining members of Guns N' Roses. And then you get Velvet Revolver. Okay, so I saw Velvet Revolver. Because I was like, man, I got to see Scott White. I saw them at the Hard Rock. They came on like an hour late. But I was like, whatever. It had this... I had to give them that adrenaline, uh, whatever the shot to the, the shot of uh, like the same thing they did to Homegirl in uh in Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, but, uh, Global Gathering like a one time thing. What a great lineup, and it just never happened again. Like many festivals, just like Longorado and all the Zeta Fest stuff. Such a shame, bro. There's just no incentive for everybody to come way the hell down here, and that's what the problem is. It costs them more money to get down here and then get out of here to like another big city like an Atlanta where they're going to have a huge crowd. Uh, I, I talked to when we went to see IMX. Oh, man, that's awesome. We saw IMX in Atlanta and I was talking to his manager and I was like, he was like, oh, where are you guys from? He's like, we're from Miami. I was like, why don't you guys go down there? There's like a bunch of, you know, there's like uh culture room and stuff that they could you could easily pack that place we oh, saw them there as sneaker pimps yes and ours oh, oh the, the show oh, that shit. nobody ever went to oh vast <laughs> the show that never happened <laughs> the show that never happened yeah um but the guy was like he's like uh we we'd never go down that far he's like we don't go into florida because there's nothing there you're either hitting orlando for maybe a decent crowd and if you make it all the way down to like miami or else you got to pack West Palm. Even 311 was playing the little Sunset Cove Amphitheater, which has like no seats. It's no oh, seats. The, the, not uh, not Meisner Park, right? No, not Meisner. It's called Sunset Cove, and it's like a it's like a park. And I that's down here. It's it's up in like Boynton Beach or Boynton, something. Yeah, Boynton West Palm. I don't know where, but it's up that way, and it's literally like a five foot stage. And there was like, like you were able to like walk right up to it with 311 playing. And this was like, 
maybe three albums ago, maybe like uh, Universal Pulse. Wow. Yeah. More recent. Yes. And Jeez. and it, there's there's no seats. It's just grass. Uh, uh yeah. And we that's were, sick. It was awesome, but that's the thing. Like you know, you gotta play those kinds of places, and that's you know. Anyway, that's an IMX. You know. Yeah, because most of those uh most groups they either start the tour down here. Right. So it's less of an expense or they'll end it here. Because I remember OzFest forever was the last show was down here. I think when I saw Tame Impala, it was their last show down here when they played at the Fillmore. Nice. So I got to see Gravity Kills at their last concert. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At that culture room. Oh, damn, for real? Dude, I took some sick pictures back when I was taking uh, photography at Miami-Dade. Another one of those bands that's like, you know, the Stabbing Westwards. Amazing. And Amazing. I got to see Stabbing Westward a couple of times. Gravity Skills was really good. They were opening for Godhead. They were opening for Godhead? Wow. I mean, Godhead was in their prime. Yeah. But and, still, Gravity dude, Kills. Dude, Gravity Kills' last concert. Gravity Kills was big, man. Godhead. I mean, if that CD wasn't so far away, the Godhead album, I'd go get the ticket. <laughs> so when else have we seen and then and then when was the next time we saw Trent then he did the tours with Jane's oh, Addiction it, yeah I went to that I went to that too and then with Soundgarden they did another tour I went to that one there was the show that never happened the one with Queens of Stone Age goddamn hurricane ruined that bullshit was that the Wilma one yes that was on my birthday yes that was on my Dude, birthday I was so excited to see Queens of Stone Age again. Bro, and you know, like two nights later, Depeche Mode played at the same place. I was so Lame. mad. I was like, man, I'm not I, I'm not going to get my refund in time to pay for the Depeche Mode tickets. <laughs> and I missed Nine Inch Nails on my birthday. It was, I was very sad. I didn't even, at the time, I, I'm, I mean, what album was that for Queens? Was that like the Lullabies? Yes. Okay, so then I had heard of them already. Yeah, because they their big blow up was uh, songs of songs of for the songs death. For the death yeah. That was an, one of my favorite albums of all time, dude. Yeah, that was a really good album. All the little guest spots on it. Oh, uh, dude, even Twiggy's on it. He's one of the radio DJs. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to see them for that tour, for that album. Oh really? At the Culture Room. Like, I remember the day specifically because that was the first tattoo I got was that day. Oh, shit. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. Bro, Queens of Stone Age, March 3rd, 2003. It was 333. Nice. I was like, oh, what? And it happened to be a full moon that day. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go see Queens of Stone Age for sure. <laughs> and they had Day Grow on drums. Oh, nice. Bro, that place was so packed. Dave Grohl, who also played on With Teeth. And that's how you bring it full circle, guys. Full circle. These little tangents are great. <laughs> <laughs> this whole like, hour plus has been like a tangent, but it all started with, uh, did it even start with Nine Inch Nails? Probably not, but that's what we were supposed to talk about. Technically, it ends with Nine Inch Nails because that's how long those, uh, the nails they used to put in the coffins. Oh. So, supposedly mm. the nails that they used to crucify Jesus was also Nine Inch Nails. Uh. Well, I mean, eh. Eh, who cares? But whatever, that's how you bring yeah. it back, guys. That's how you. That's how you. You know, so you get people riled up. 
That's how you get Christians protesting at your concerts. Oh, I saw some of that the first time I saw Manson. Of course. I'm sure you did. And it was before Columbine, so it was like right right (laughs) as people fucking with him at the concerts was at the Apex. And there was already a few shows after uh, Hole dropped off the tour. Hole. Yeah, look at yeah, that tour was I forgot what it was originally called, but it turned into the Rock is Dead tour. Oh, okay. It was Manson headlining, and then it was Monster Magnet. Wow. Nashville Pussy. Nashville Pussy got added on, and the show down here had Jack Off Chill opening up. Really? So I'm like, oh, I finally got to see Jack Off Chill. Because most huh. of the tour was only three bands. You know, that was his that was his peeps. When was the last time Nine Inch Nails toured as a band? Uh, what was the last the, the album one, the, that the video I was just watching before we started recording was uh, the black and gray tour I believe it was for well, the, they, not the actual events like they, one, of, one of the three EPs they toured a little bit it was like a little mini tour and then that's when he just got bombarded with soundtracks they were supposed to tour the, uh, 2020 right they were going to go on tour 2020 I believe so yeah but I know for COVID. sure tour uh, tool Dude, I can't believe. Oh, they were supposed to. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, listen, you've waited this long. What? For a tool tour. Yeah, I'm like, the least I could do is, is see them come on stage <laughs> and the the roof of the, the place blow open. Yeah, you're. it doesn't matter. You're only going to see Maynard's back anyway. It's cool. I'm there for all the lasers <laughs> and shit. Oh, man. Oh, we're going to be so far away. It doesn't matter if he's facing <laughs> us or not. <laughs> Right, I don't give a shit, dude. Miles Davis used to do that all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I'm performing with my friends. Morrison. You guys just happen to pay money and see us practice the songs without fucking up. That's true. That is very true. Because you're there jamming with your boys or lady friends or anything Ladies. in between. Yeah, I, I personally don't give a fuck. I don't feel offended that he turns his back. If, <laughs> for one, if he's shy, cool, bro. Hey, you're singing yeah. the songs live. I appreciate you coming out here, coming out of your shell. I mean, I wish he would have just faced the crowd one time. Maybe like when he came out, but he was already there with his back turned. He don't really turn his back. He's just sideways, and it sounds better for him the way he stands. That's why he stands in the back. Like He strategically places himself back there. Aside from, like, I'm sure part of it is come pinganes or sapingo-ish. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's kind of a, he's yeah, he's kind kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> he's kind of a but, dick. But he's Maynard. He can yeah. be. He can be. He's had a long. You know what he's gonna tell you? You don't like it. Don't come. Yeah, pretty much. I like it, bro. I like it. Whatever. Just I'll look at pictures of you online. I look at the pictures with you in the mohawk, <laughs> or you in the riot gear. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. I see pictures of him at other concerts, and he's like facing the crowd. I'm just like, what happened? And smiling. Yeah. Engaging. I mean, he's coming to Florida. There's nothing but a bunch of shit. Maybe though. Can you imagine if they toured together? What? Nine Inch Nails and Tool. Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> could... It'll take like 40 years for at least a project <laughs> to coincide enough for them to want to tour together. They have a project right now, bro. Nine Inch Nails can tour, do their tour. They were going to do 2020 and Tool can keep touring another five years. On Fear Inoculum. Right. <laughs> or 13 years if they keep this rate. That's ridiculous, bro. Like, how many concerts did you go to, like, in between the last two albums? A majority of no, me major- seeing Tool yeah. was in between Lateralis and 
10,000 days. Yeah, because for lateralis, I saw him three times. And what was the gap there? Five. Five years? Yeah, 01, 06. Uh, that's not too bad. So I saw him three times for that, and I saw them once, I believe it was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. I got to see them. Uh, they were just touring randomly. All right. Give me your give me your Nine Inch Nails songs. Oh, my top five? Give me your top five. I'm... I, I nah, imagine nah, these are going to be on the playlist. Yeah. For, duh. <laughs> but that's not why I specifically picked these for this list. Okay. That's specifically why they're in the playlist. Uh, do you want to include soundtrack songs or as your favorite track? Because it's kind of cheating. Like, I've always been one of those dudes. Like, I particularly like those artists' songs that are on soundtracks more. Like, uh-huh. Apple of Sodom. From Manson to me, give me that song any day over anything on his albums. Yeah, I mean, look if it's if it's his song, it's his song. Is it a cover that's on the soundtrack? Uh, I mean, semantics. <laughs> but then um, it's then it's not. He didn't write the song. He's just reinterpreting the song. I guess that's why All Sweet right, Dreams is not in a Manson playlist. I'll make the perfect drug, hands down, like without question. Yes. Uh, video also in my top song. five yeah video song yeah because Even the extended cut that has uh like an extra 30 something seconds like the ending part doesn't end abruptly like it does on the soundtrack listen to that you gotta listen to that with headphones on people oh dude for sure. gotta listen to that with headphones on all right what else you got burn from natural born killers from natural born killers okay that's a it great song. Such a great, and it's a weird, like same kind of weird pattern, like timing. Like it just sounds completely outside of their their normal sound. Now, see, I wondered, did he write those songs specifically for the movies, or again, is that something that he had that he just didn't feel like it fit anything he was doing at the time, and then used it for that? You know. Like, oh, hey, you know what? I can finally put that song out. Right. Like, it might have been a dope song, but it's like, ah, it doesn't fit. Right. It doesn't it fit what been, I'm going yeah. for right now. Yeah, and like, could, the perfect drug sticks out. Like, that belongs on no project. If anything, anything, the fragile. Yeah. Because, it, to me, it just sounds like electronic velvet. Like, I know it sounds weird, but it sounds velvety to me. Like, it's like, like a machine trying to produce something organic. Like, it's just, there's a certain... I don't know, like the Golden Age of Grotesque for Manson has that same mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like, there's a lot of electronic sounds in it. Uh huh. But I look at it and it seems like crushed velvet. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I can't explain it. Don't ask me no questions. That, that's what it feels like to me. Synesthesia. Right? Like, seeing sounds? Synthes- synesthesia. That's actually a Frontline Assembly uh, side project. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Uh yes, but, uh, the, the yeah. perfect drug is yeah. Like just listening to the programming, like the drums on that song are just everything that he put into that song is just like wow. And they didn't ever play that song live until recently, ever. And that's one of Trent's least favorite tracks in his entire discography. And maybe that's that's why he was like, "This is garbage. I'm gonna put this out." <laughs> He's like, "Nobody's gonna like this song." And then, bam. And Jose came along. And, <laughs> and then everybody's like, this is the greatest song ever. <laughs> then number three, The Becoming. Yeah. that The original version that's on the album and that acoustic version that's on still. 
I mean, you're picking some really like epic songs. Like those are the yeah. ones that stick out. Like those are my favorite tracks. Okay, that's what is that's four. That's four. Uh, I have put Great Destroyer on Year Zero, but okay. then I remembered how awesome Deep was. <laughs> so the Great Destroyer yeah. became my six. Uh, my six man. Okay, Deep. So yeah, Deep so is your deep number five. Is my number three. Okay. Oh, uh, num- the becoming number three, number four, deep. Five demon seed on the slip. The last track on the slip. The last track on the slip. I'm gonna be honest. I really only know the first like three or four, three tracks. How? Because it's it's not a how many songs it's on a, there? It's a full album. It's a full Ten. album. Ten tracks. Yeah, I know. I I know. There's like a maybe within the first four to five tracks. There's like three songs I like. Like nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Right. That's probably the only not like full length song. Right. It and then a one million. Long, yeah. And then yeah. Okay. And Echoplex and Des- uh, Discipline. Echoplex. Oh, that's that's a good one. Discipline's good. Echoplex. See, see, that's the kind of stuff I like. I like. Uh, man, top top five, huh? I would definitely. I I mean, let's just throw perfect drug out of there because everybody loves that song it's always gonna be on a top five right it's on yours i mean so if i, I won't if pick I had to that remove, one if i had to remove it right i'm gonna put somewhat damage in that place so, so yeah see that's a good one too um but definitely burn i love burn that's a great great choice one of my favorite songs is probably um um where is everybody hell yeah where is everybody gotta be in my top five for them and uh suck suck oh, is a good yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> damn that, that that's a good one yeah and um oh man what is that three and that's actually a cover is it yeah although trent wrote the original song uh-huh. or he was part of it that's not a nine inch nails song. It's not a nine inch nails original. Pig face. Oh, I didn't know that. What is that? Three? Burn. Where's everybody? Suck. I don't know, maybe like uh all the love in the world. Oh dude. Something off with teeth. With teeth is with teeth is such a great album. I love that album. If I was gonna rank the albums, that would probably be like my second favorite. That's a good one. That's a damn good one. That's a really good album. Um, or only only is a great track. That might be my third favorite album. Yeah. Oh man. And what other what other album? Jeez, I'm just wasting time here right. at the end. Year zero. I should be looking at. <laughs> I should be looking at the albums. Yeah. What what album didn't we name something off of? Hesitation marks. Hesitation marks. Um. Find my way. Find my way. What's the other one? Uh, All time low. Yeah, that's a good song. I really like then that some song. Some of those remixes that came out early on when the album dropped. All right, that's it. All time low. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one? Yeah, we'll, that'll wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good run. Yeah. Wow, this is gonna be a long one. Thanks for listening. If you got this far, right and. uh Check out our Instagram where we post stuffs about the artists we talk about and check out our YouTube where we have our 
curated playlists of the artists we talk about and all things related to those artists and around them. And what else do we have? Just Instagram and YouTube. Right. I mean, that's enough. We'll put, we got the, the Spotify. We'll have the Spotify stuff. We should put a survey up and see who uses what. Right. <laughs> and then we'll allocate our funds towards that service. You guys tell us what you want. Exactly. Yeah, we got to get some listeners. Right? <laughs> so if you like what you heard so far, definitely check us out next time when we'll probably be talking about soundtracks. Sweet. Right? Because we scratched that a little bit. In both and- episodes. Right? All right. That sounds good to me. Okay. Here's where music will go. <laughs> it's just an anchor. Zero credits. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.